This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. It's cold outside. It's been a cold offseason for the Arkansas Razorbacks. We're going to talk a little bit about that. It might be warmer than you think. We'll also touch on some basketball, discuss a little recruiting as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Okay, before we get started, I want to mention we're doing our 75% off deal. This is a one-day deal that we're doing right now. Okay, so this ends Monday, 1-30-23, Monday, at 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, okay? For just $26.85, you can get unmatched insider Razorback coverage from the number one independent source. Breaks down to just $2.24 a month, $0.52 a week, $0.07 a day. There's never a bad time to sign up for Hog Sports. Not anymore because football season is year-round. Basketball season obviously in full swing. Recruiting never stops. There's literally not a bad time. So if you've ever been interested – this is the deal right here, 75% off right now at hawgsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Go on there and check us out if you've ever wondered before what we offer at Hog Sports. You can find out. It's not just content, message boards, all kinds of other great features. Where do we want to start today? I should mention Danny West is out today. He's not feeling well, which I understand. I wasn't feeling well last week. I thought I had COVID last week like isolating myself, waiting for my results to come back. The new variant doesn't show up in the at-home test, so I had to go get a test somewhere else. Anyway, I didn't have COVID, had some other upper respiratory deal, but wasn't feeling good. Danny's feeling like, you know what, today. So we're going to let him rest today, maybe go to the doctor if he can stay off these icy roads. But be careful out there if you're getting out. So just to kind of review things with the coaching staff, uh, you've got a, obviously a lot of guys back. You, you changed from Kendall Browse to Dan Enos. We've talked a lot about the coaching changes and stuff on the last show. But Dan Enos, Travis Williams, so you've got two new coordinators. Marcus Woodson, co-defensive coordinator. You brought in Morgan Turner to coach tight ends. Deron Wilson in the secondary. Ben Souders, a new strength coach. ton of turnover with the Arkansas coaching staff. And, again, we're not going to go into that too much because we, we already did. Now, looking at the offseason in terms of turnover with players, you've got 19 players who have signed a national letter of intent from the high school ranks. Shamar Easter on Wednesday, National Signing Day, again, is February 1st, so just a few days. Wednesday, today's Monday. 
until National Signing Day, and Shamar Easter expected to sign at that point. Arkansas currently has the number 22-ranked recruiting class in the country on the 24-7 sports composite. I believe they're 21st on 24-7 sports individual site rankings. The transfer class, they have 10 transfers on board. The transfer class ranks 17th. However, Trajan Jeffcoat has yet to be ranked, and you would expect him to give a, a bit of a boost. I mean, he's a former first-team All-SEC player, 14, I think, 14 career sacks. So you would expect him to, to boost the class quite a bit. Arkansas only brought in eight transfers last year, so they're already well ahead of pace. Just an update on Cade Fortin. So Cade Fortin is going on scholarship. His spring scholarship is going to count against the class of 2022, so it'll be retroactive. However, the fall scholarship will count against 2023 as normal. Okay, so that will put Arkansas at 76. If nothing else changes with the roster, puts Arkansas at 76 scholarship players heading into 2023. So they have nine spots to fill. There'll be probably some more attrition when the next transfer portal window opens on May 1st. It runs to the 15th, just a short window there. So there'll be some more shakeup there when that happens. They can still pull players that are in the transfer portal, out of the transfer portal and all that stuff. But right now they're at 76 players expected to be on scholarship. Many of those who will be participating in the spring. So is Arkansas winning or losing this offseason in the transfer portal? Let's take a look at it real quick. So some of the guys who played sparingly and don't have a new home, and I'm going to include Warren Thompson in that. I mean, he had 12 catches for 178 yards and two touchdowns, but he doesn't have a new home. He also left the team early. I don't think that's going to be hard to replace, and I think Arkansas has done a good job replacing that. Trent Gordon played in 12 games, didn't start any. Really, the only reason he was playing is because they were so decimated with injuries. Ja'Cory Turner is a nickelback, kind of fell to the third group, didn't really play either. Again, decimated with injuries, didn't see the field. Zach Zimus also, same situation, played in eight games, no starts, mostly special teams. So guys who never played at Arkansas and still don't have a new home, Chase Lowry. Again, there's 25 guys that entered the portal for Arkansas. If you go back to August, since the portal window opened on December 5th, it was 23 guys, scholarship guys. Chase Lowry, former cornerback, changed to wide receiver, never played, transferred. Javion Hunt, running back. Never played transfer. Aaron Outley, who was injured most of 2021, but didn't play any games, any action, also transferred. Um, and then back in August, you know, when fall camp ended, you had Taylor Lewis, who came in from junior college, transferred, never never saw it down, never suited up. Uh, Jaqueline Crawford, who transferred to Arkansas a few years ago. I would say Jaqueline would probably be considered – the biggest disappointment maybe out of all those guys, not to be confused with the biggest loss because he was number 183 overall prospect in the country and logged three career receptions at Arkansas. So didn't really pan out. Uh, guys that are taking a step down at Arkansas from Arkansas, uh, uh, Simeon Blair is headed to Memphis. So, you know, you got a guy who was a power five starter in the SEC. You would expect him to land another power five school just looking on the outside. I know he drew the ire of a lot of Razorback fans uh, just from giving up a lot of big plays and not making many also. In fact, Simeon never had an interception. Two-year starter, 
started a lot of games, never had an interception at Arkansas. But anyway, he's, he's winding up at Memphis. Wish him the best of luck. I think that's probably for the best. Uh, Jalen St. John is taking a step down to Group of Five Mountain West, UNLV, obviously when he was arrested for uh, theft of property. Uh, the, kind of, the writing was written on the wall there uh, that he wasn't going to be returning to Arkansas. A guy with some potential, but uh, I'm not sure if he was going to be starting next year. Uh, Kiwan Parker played in five games during his two-year career, mostly special teams. Again, couldn't see the field, and they had a rash of injuries. Actually shifted players around, moved Quincy McAdoo over, who started ob- above him. So, um, again, wish all these guys luck. I'm just saying, like, from a roster talent perspective, are these losses – Eric Thomas probably played the least amount this past season, mostly special teams, uh, than he has in his career. He's played 30 games, but uh, obviously was, you know, third team probably. And he's going to end up at Southern Miss, another G5 Sunbelt team. So those are all guys that, you know, played some but are taking a step down. I wouldn't consider any of those guys irreplaceable. Again, wish them luck. They're former Razorbacks, you know, whatever. Wouldn't consider any of them irreplaceable. Like – they can go out and find a guy right now who's in the portal right now and replace those guys if they wanted to. Uh, going to another Power 5 school, you got Anthony Brown, who, again, never played at Arkansas, but this was a guy that I felt like had a lot of potential, but, you know, he suited up for zero games for Arkansas this year. Number, former number 545 overall prospect in the country. He'll be going to uh, Purdue. And uh, also Isaiah Nichols, who – you know, Isaiah Nichols stings a little bit just because he's a five-year guy. He's from Springdale. He's supposed to end his career as a Razorback, and he's going off somewhere else to Purdue. Now, you may call Purdue – some people may say that's a parallel move or something like It's not. I mean, you can – by every measure, you can compare Arkansas and Purdue programs. They're not the same. So, kind of a step down in my opinion also, although it is, you know, going to the Big Ten. And obviously the connection there is Sam Carter, who was at Arkansas till they parted ways, and he was at Ole Miss. They parted ways, and now he's at Purdue. Kari Johnson's off to Boston College, played in 10 games, saw three starts this year. Again, a lot of that due to so many injuries. Um, I'm not – I don't think Arkansas is going to have a hard time replacing or has had a hard time, I should say, replacing uh, these guys. Uh, some that sting more. These are the guys that, that kind of sting to me. Jalen Catalan stings – for a lot of reasons, like I think he's kind of a face guy for the program. Obviously did things in the SEC as a freshman defensive back that hadn't been done in 13 years. However, you can't mention Jalen without also stating that he has played in one of the last 20 games at Arkansas. One of the last 20 games. So, yeah, can you say he's a loss in 2023? Yeah, he was a loss in 2022. He was a loss in 2021. So, yes, he's a loss, but – it's been a long, drawn-out loss, obviously. Jordan Dominic, you know, was this a change with the coaches? Was it a you know idea that he's maybe going to play a different position? Was it that he was Arkansas's most productive defensive end last year and never started a game? Had seven and a half sacks, tied for fourth in the SEC last year. Not sure. Briefly committed to Ole Miss, and now he's headed to Colorado, which I think you have to like that better. You don't want to face your former players and stuff like that. Uh, but – that one was a bit surprising. Trey Knox headed to South Carolina with former tight ends coach Dow Loggins. 26 catches for 296 yards, five touchdowns. That one, to me, you know, obviously he was he played a key role, especially in the red zone, made some big plays for Arkansas last year. 
Uh, so that one's an interesting one. Keytron Jackson's off to Baylor. Finished fourth in Arkansas in receptions last year, 16 grabs, 277 yards, and three touchdowns. Again, this was a bit of a surprise because you had Jaden Hazelwood declare for the NFL draft. Matt Landers is out of eligibility, so you'd expect Keytron to naturally, and you know, with Warren Thompson quitting the team, you'd expect Keytron to naturally move into the starting lineup and uh, ended up transferring. We'll talk about replacements here in a little bit because I think Arkansas is going to be okay. Uh, Miles Slusher injured a good bit last year. I think Miles Slusher is probably one of your top four defensive backs off the team. So, again, we'll get back to whether or not. But to me, those those guys are ones that sting a little bit. Those guys are guys like you have to actually go out and work and find some quality players to come in and replace them. I don't know if you'd say that about Catalan because he's been out basically the last two years. But Dominic, Knox, Keetron Jackson, Slusher, I would put those guys in that category. Two more of note, Malik Hornsby. Now, Malik, I would say Malik would be like a loss if he had moved to wide receiver and then transferred. Because, to me, I think Arkansas has improved its situation at backup quarterback. Because Malik was breathtaking speed, but never really developed as a passer. And I'll ask this, would Malik Hornsby be better served being an SEC wide receiver or a Sunbelt Conference Texas State quarterback? He wants to play quarterback, obviously. He could run for 1,000 yards there, though. You know, I mean, he, he's going to produce for them. Reed Bauer would be another guy. Reed Bauer averaged 44.6 yards of punt, 23 punts. Kind of like the last three years with Reed Bauer. He always seemed to be the guy that was behind the guy that they wanted to start. And either, you know, an injury would pop up or the guy would be inconsistent and Reed Bauer would take over as a starter. 23 punts, 44.6 yard average. Neither of Arkansas's punters were good last year. Max Fletcher kind of overtook him. 38 punts for 37.5-yard average. Fletcher has a really big leg. He is super inconsistent. But he has the higher ceiling between the two. They just have to get him more consistent. So I don't know if I would say, like, it was a huge loss. Wish Reed Bauer the best over at Memphis. Got People always counted him out time after time. Maybe he got tired of that. So looking at looking at the guys that they have to replace the good players with. Okay, so they lose Jordan Dominic. They bring in Trajan Jeffcoat, who was a 2020 first team all SEC performer on both coaches and AP. Um, 11 and a half career sacks, not 14. It was actually John Morgan who had 14 and a half career sacks. But Jeffcoat's a three-year starter for, for Missouri. Nice pickup there. Uh, John Morgan was an on-again, off-again starter. Again, 14 and a half sacks for them, more of a pass rush specialist. So, did they make up for Jordan Dominic there? Maybe. Out for debate still. Seven and a half sacks by one player is a lot, especially a guy that didn't even start. Wide receiver. Now, for me, it's not just like – it's not just replacing Keetron Jackson because you also had – knowing that you had to replace going in um, uh, Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers. So, you knew you were going to have to replace those guys. So, really three. And it's hard to get three top-end wide receivers to come to your school. And I think they did that. Tyrone Broden, Isaac Tesla, 
Andrew Armstrong, those three combined for 162 receptions for 2,851 yards and 33 touchdowns last season alone. I think they did okay there. I think they're going to be fine at wide receiver. Now, it may take a little bit of time to get gelled and everything, but all these guys are here for the spring. With K.J. Jefferson, a veteran quarterback, everybody's got some learning to do with Dan Enos coming in as offensive coordinator. I think Arkansas came out okay. You know, you had especially when you consider like, you know, Landers I thought was maybe Arkansas's best wide receiver. Hazelwood to me last year was, you know, he was banged up all year. We didn't I don't think ever really saw him at his 100% peak level. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think Arkansas probably upgraded at wide receiver. All said and done. Uh, Losing Slusher, losing Simeon Blair. We'll throw Simeon Blair, who has a starter in there. But you brought in Al Walcott and Lorando Johnson, okay? Two guys are going to start for Arkansas. Both guys started for Baylor last season. Uh, the Baylor gave up the second most receiving yards, passing yards, in the Big 12 last year. Arkansas gave up more passing yards than any team in the country, 131 out of 131 last year. Now, numbers are a bit of an issue, but I think that they, they fill the void there. I think Al Walcott, Lorando Johnson, pretty good, pretty good pickups. Uh, still avoid it tight end, I would say, because you didn't bring in. Now they they, you know, went on some dates with some guys, flirted a little bit, but didn't bring anybody in this last transfer portal window. Lost Trey Knox. The thing of it is, they've got Tyrus Washington back, who I think is going to make a big jump next year. Shamar Easter, Luke has Shamar Easter and Luke has are two of the top twelve tight end prospects in the country coming out of high school. For freshmen, blocking a lot of times is going to be an issue. However, I felt like that was also an issue for Trey Knox. You know, being a converted wide receiver, did not feel like he was a good blocker for him last year. Did a lot of good things in the passing game, which I think these guys will be able to do also. I think these guys are going to help him next year. That trio of tight ends. You still got Nathan Bax coming back also. He's not really the playmaker those guys are, but he has more of that veteran edge. I still think there's a possibility they could bring in another tight end, a veteran guy. The numbers are fine, though. Linebacker, you lost Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders. Bumper Pool out of eligibility. Hopefully he'll have an NFL career hips are a scary thing. Drew Sanders declared for the NFL draft. You had Chris Paul Jr. coming back who had 62 tackles and four sacks last year. Really played more the second half of the season than Bumper did because of the injuries. But he's a proven proven player in the SEC. You got Antonio Greer coming in from South Florida who's 
you know, competed there for four years. I wouldn't mind seeing them bring in another veteran linebacker. I just think they're a little bit young there. I really like Manny Powell, Jordan Crook as potential guys. Caden Henley, too. So I would like to see them bring in another veteran linebacker. However, feels like they short – not that they lost anybody to the transfer portal. They just, you know, lost their two starting linebackers. I mentioned backup quarterback a little bit, bringing Jacoby Criswell in. I think they automatically upgrade there. Now, Jacoby sat behind Sam Howell at North Carolina, who's uh, was a draft pick last year. And this year he's behind Drake May, who threw for over 4,000 yards, going to be drafted also eventually. He's younger. But two guys I think that are NFL quarterbacks is who Jacoby Criswell sat behind. But I think they automatically upgraded their quarterback position, bringing in Criswell, replacing Warnsby. So, offensive line, they still got some work to do. They've got 14. Would like to see them bring in one more guy. They've got some shuffling around to do. Didn't really lose anybody except for Jalen St. John, but Luke Jones isn't coming back for his super senior year. Dalton Wagner's out of eligibility. Ricky Stromberg, clear for the NFL draft. But they've got – they've recruited well there. So, the talent, they're in a good shape, in good shape from a talent perspective on the offensive line. So, really, from here on out, you know, you just need a few more guys here and there uh, to fill out the roster. Again, you're at 76 scholarship players. The max is 85. You've still got a transfer portal window that opens May 1st to the 15th. You'll probably see some shakeup at Arkansas. It doesn't mean they'll all just enter on May 1st. You might hear somebody declare, hey, I'm going to enter the transfer portal when it opens up. But you'll still have some shakeup there. That's pretty much it. That's what I wanted to get to. Wrote a much more in-depth article on that on Hog Sports. If you want to really break it down, if you're more of a visual learner, um, then go to hogsports.com and you can read that article. It is VIP, so you do need a VIP subscription. But I break down everything from, you know, all that information in more, more detail and then, you know, go down list, which is provided in a link there, list each position group, what their needs are, all of those things. Projected depth charts, all that kind of stuff is on hog sports. Fast forward to basketball. Curtis Wilkerson was in Waco for the Arkansas-Baylor game. Arkansas outplayed Baylor in every category except for free throws, I guess. It just seemed like they could not catch a break. But I felt like they out-hustled Baylor, outplayed them, outshot them. Did everything they needed to do to win the game, but I mean, I I feel like it all kind of is encapsulated in that moment where this was the first half, and Arkansas actually surged after this. But um, you had Mitchell, one of the Mitchell twins, I think it was Mikhail, uh, taking a charge, clear, taking a charge, and gets called a blocking foul, and then Musselman objects to it, and the ref double down. Doubles down and tees up Muss. It, it's a five-point swing right there. Absolutely ridiculous. Terrible, terrible, terrible sequence of events by uh, the officiating crew there. But, yeah, I felt like Arkansas did everything they needed to do to win the game. I said two weeks ago that the team that's out on the floor is not an NCAA tournament team. I feel like maybe the last two weeks might have started to turn a little bit. Now, the window is short because there's ten conference games left. 
They need to win six of them to get to nine and nine. And what does that look like? Why is nine and nine significant? Well, if you look at, and again, Curtis says this all broken down, their full resume review, he does it every week, breaks down the resume, looks at where they're ranked in various, you know, different outlets, looks at the net rating, all this kind of stuff. Um, really does a great job. So if you look at last year, where are my SEC standings? Here they are. If you look at last year in the SEC, Texas A&M went 9-9, nine and nine, didn't make the tournament. LSU went 9-9, nine nine, did make the tournament. Florida went 9-9, nine nine, didn't. South Carolina, 9-9, nine nine, didn't. Alabama, 9-9, nine nine, did. So that's under 50% of the guys. Let's see, yeah, LSU made it. Alabama made it. Is that it? Yeah. Texas A&M didn't. Florida didn't. South Carolina didn't. So 9-9 nine and nine makes it kind of iffy that you can get in. So what does that mean for Arkansas? It means they went, need to take care of home in the ma- remaining five home games. They need to steal one on the road just to get to 9-9 nine and nine going into the SEC tournament, and they probably need to do some damage there. They need to get at least a win, you would think. This is not a place that we would have thought Arkansas would be at right now. Not with the roster they have. Obviously, they've had a lot of things go against them. So, Tuesday, Texas A&M, which is 7-1, and one, by the way. Texas A&M is 7-1 and one in SEC play. Comes to Bud Walton Arena for a 6 o'clock game. Will they even make it? It's so icy out there right now. They're going to make it. I haven't seen a game canceled. But January 31st, Tuesday, 6 p.m. South Carolina on the road. On Saturday, February 4th. And then at Kentucky, February 7th. And returning home to Bud Walton Arena against Mississippi State on February 11th. And then returning to Texas A&M, returning the favor, Texas A&M February 15th. Florida in Bud Walton Arena on February 18th. Georgia on February 21st in Bud Walton Arena. Tough way to finish things out also. Like you're going to earn – going to earn your NCAA tournament spot if you can finish strong with this schedule. At Alabama, February 25th. At Tennessee, February 28th. And then Kentucky at home in Bud Walton Arena on March 4th. SEC tournament starts on March 8th. I would highly recommend all of you who don't have a Hogsport subscription to sign up for 75% off today and go check out Curtis Wilkerson's content because it is next level. The stuff that he does after a game, incredible. Incredible content. You're not getting, you're not getting Razorback coverage. If you're a diehard Razorback basketball fan, you're not getting the level of coverage if you don't have a Hogsport subscription that you would be getting with Curtis Wilkerson. I promise you. I've seen what's out there. Different level stuff. Yeah, Curtis breaks down everything. The resume, quad one through quad four wins, left what's left on the schedule, what all the different services say, his opinion. As he would say, it's good stuff. You love to see it. By the way, if you haven't watched Curtis's basketball show, he does a show called Hog Hoops Live. He also does stands up, stand ups after the you know game, like he was in Waco at the Farrell Center uh, doing a stand up video after the game. You can fo- you can watch um, his Hog Hoops Live shows on the same Facebook page. You can watch everything on or listen to everything on the same podcast channels. 
It is all on a different YouTube channel. It's on Hog Hoops Live. H-A-W-G. Hog H-A-W-G Hoops Live. So different YouTube channel. Same Facebook page. Same podcast channel. Nice breakdown on the upcoming game against Texas A&M. So Arkansas right now is 13-5. and Oh, no, that's last year. (laughs) I was like, what? That didn't sound right. Hold on. That was last year. So Arkansas is slowly loading. Here we go. Well, they are slowly loading. They're finally starting to come into their own. There we are, Southeastern. Arkansas is currently 14-7 and 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 3-5 in conference play right now. Last win was over LSU. So, again, I mentioned Danny is is not feeling well. And, like, obviously, you know, it's not hard to pick up the phone, but that just tells you how he's feeling, not feeling well at all. Like, I'm not saying pray for Danny or anything just yet, but he's under the weather right now. So, um you can go to Hog Sports and check out all of his uh, breakdown on all the guys that were in town this weekend. This was their second big prospect day. They had one the week before. Um, a lot of interesting names here. A lot of possible walk-on candidates, even from 2024 class onward. National Signing Day, again, is Wednesday. So, he'll have a lot of content. Danny will fight through. Like I'll say, Danny, chill. You know, Just take it easy, but he'll just fight through it. <laughs> I'm not saying fight through it, Danny, but I know I know what you're what you're made of. So, yeah, I mean, I could go down this stuff, but again, it's just kind of like you know, like when they ask me on drive time stuff, I'm like, well, Danny says this. People still ask me recruiting stuff, even though my job has shifted in the last 15 years. <laughs> I haven't really covered recruiting in that time. I mean, obviously, run a website that focuses largely on recruiting. But that's everybody has their own duties publisher, football, primarily for me. Anyway, go check out all of that stuff. He's got post-visit updates on uh, Braylon Connolly, the 2024 cornerback, and more. I'm just mentioning a few guys. Deion Stutz, 2024 defensive lineman. William Nettles, 2024, um, wide receiver, defensive back, and more guys. So I think we're going to turn it to some questions now. We haven't had kind of a question-driven show in a while. So let's see what happens. Who's got a good question? Joshua Miller says, where's the sounds at? So if you're telling me I've recorded this whole thing, we have no sound, that would be disappointing. Seems to be the only person. That's good. It seems like every other video that I upload, like on YouTube or something, somebody's like, video has no sound. And I'm like, yes, it does. <laughs> a lot of times somebody has like a headphone plugged in they just don't have their volume turned up 
All right. Randall Files says, we picked Suey from Wisconsin. I'm concerned about the need for safeties. What are the odds of getting three in the late period? Seems like a tall order to me. I agree. I think they need three, at least three safeties. Um, you know, I, I talked about them break, you know, them filling some spots with, you know, Lorando Johnson, uh, Al Walcott. But that's just a couple of guys. I mean, that's one of the things I think that hurts more than can they just go out and replace some of these guys that, that left? Yes, absolutely. From a talent perspective, they can go out and replace some of these guys. The problem is the numbers. Like, can you go out and get quality guys? You might have to get some filler guys, maybe some guys that are a little bit younger because you do have to get through a practice, you know. And we saw what happened. That's one of the things I think that's changed about the portal in Sam Pittman's eyes. It's not just about, like, they went out and got eight players because they had eight needs last year. They had In spots where they would normally have an inexperienced player, they were able to go out and get eight players to fill holes, and every single one of them was a major contributor for Arkansas last year. What's changed this year, you've had so many players exit, it's also an opportunity to elevate your overall roster because most of these guys that left were guys that probably weren't going to play here. They just weren't good enough. And you got them on campus and you're like, eh, you know, probably just not good enough to play here. Now there's an opportunity to go out and see guys who maybe have played or guys that maybe you are familiar with in high school and bring them in and possibly elevate the depth of the roster because, again, we saw what happened to the secondary last year Last year's secondary looked pretty solid starting out. I mean, maybe not great, but looked pretty solid starting out. Like if you, you know, uh, maybe a secondary that could weather a few injuries, but they were just decimated. And that, you know, goes on with the adage of in the SEC, you're only as good as your second team because you're going to have injuries. And when you have an injury, you're no longer relying on a second team guy to fill in. You're relying on a third team guy because the starter's not going to play the whole game. So, it's kind of something that Arkansas has always struggled with as a program since they've been in the SEC, and it's something that with the transfer portal that maybe, maybe they can help close the gap. That's You know, we talk about the problems with the portal all the time, but to me, for Arkansas, they can really utilize it, really help them close the gap with some other programs. The main thing that Arkansas has a problem with, and I've said this many times, it's not facilities, it's not fan support, it's not money, it's not all those things. It is proximity to talent right in their backyard. You look at most programs, most programs that would be considered, you know, long-term successful or even blue blood programs. There's a few that aren't like, you know, Alabama, you know, they're reaching out everywhere. But most of those programs are getting players right from their own backyard. That's the difference. It's not some stigma that Arkansas has attached to it. It's not any of these other things. It is simply proximity to talent and this is an area where the transfer portal where Arkansas can help you know can close that gap because you've got players that are interested in playing they've been through the hoopla of recruiting they're looking for the right fit playing time not always looking for location it's amazing to me you see you used to see the number one thing submitted on a waiver request was my grandmother's sick and I want to move back to home or I've got a sick family member I don't hear anybody talking about their sick family member. Not that there's not, not that that wasn't legitimate. I'm not saying that, but a lot of times it wasn't. A lot of times it was just a means to an end to be able to transfer. And now that it's free and clear, nobody's talking about their sick grandparents anymore. Angel Morgan says, I like where our defense is going. QRJ is a joyous peppers in the makings. 
Quincy Rhodes got a nice boost. I forgot to mention that. So there were some, you know, they updated the final rankings. Quincy Rhodes moved from outside of the top 24-7, you know, low-range four-star all the way up to number 183 prospect in the country. Actually, on 24-7, he's the number one ranked player in the state of Arkansas. So that was a nice bump for Quincy Rhodes Jr., 6'7". What is he, 6'7", 250-something? Good-looking good looking defensive end. I guess we would ask, can Quincy Rhodes Jr. play basketball if he's the next Julius Peppers? Steve Culver says, what kind of speed will we have on defense this year? I think that's what we lacked last year. Well, injuries were a key part of last year's troubles on defense, secondary mainly. Uh, but you've got you've got Dwight McLaughlin coming back. You've got Quincy McAdoo. I assume Quincy's going to remain at cornerback. We haven't heard anything final on that. Maybe we'll hear something on that Wednesday when we talk to Sam Pittman. Uh, but you've got those two guys back, plenty fast. I thought that Arkansas was pretty solid at cornerback and, and – that just tells you how bad they were at safety and nickel last year with all the injuries and things like that. But uh, Al Walcott, Lorando Johnson, will Lorando Johnson play cornerback? Will he play nickel? How will that work out? They've got some things to figure out there, but I don't know. I think they have a chance to be better on the secondary, and that's not saying a lot because they were, again, 131 out of 131 in passing yards allowed last year. Bill Richards says, glad to see the Hogs offer the young man from Pleasant Grove. Go Hogs. Appreciate the show. Cody James says, how do you feel about Josh Pate's grade for Pittman the other day? What grade would you have given him? Josh gave Pittman a B minus, I think. Um, I would give him a – with the bowl win. Seven wins is a C plus. Eight wins, we'll talk B. Nine wins, maybe an A minus. Ten wins an A, 11 wins an A plus. That's kind of my gate. Now, it all I'm, – I'm, I would maybe consider knocking it down. You know, they had K.J. Jefferson hurt, but they still lost to Liberty. And that, to me, is like – you know, it's unforgivable, right? You shouldn't be losing to Liberty in your own backyard. And I've said that plenty of times. I never thought I would have seen Sam Pittman team lose to a program like that. You know, not that Liberty's a bad program, but just compared to the SEC, they shouldn't be losing home games to Liberty. KJ was banged up. I think they made a mistake starting him in that game. But, yeah, I'll give a C-plus for seven wins. Maybe I expect a little bit more than Josh Pate does for out of Arkansas. Isaac Riley asked how I feel about the transfers and recruiting class pulled in so far. I think I covered that pretty much. We went on kind of a rant. Of course, you asked that 28 minutes ago. <laughs> on paper, our recruiting and transfer portal, we are a better team. I think that they are bringing in a better team overall than they had last year. They need some – they, they've got to fill in nine more spots or so. Maybe not. I mean, you don't have to necessarily get to 85. There may be a walk-on you want to give a scholarship to that you feel deserves. But Jonathan Parker says, I think Keytron transferred because he didn't like Bryles' offense. Maybe he doesn't transfer if Enos announced before then. 
Ken B. Harris says Coach Pittman more or less told everyone on the roster that it was going to be turned over and that maybe it should have been done last year. I think the staff of the roster have both been upgraded. I'll say this. During the season, people were telling me most of the players in the secondary are going to leave. You know, they're, I think they said more on the offensive line. It didn't end up being the case on that. But they were like, you know, 20, 25 players are going to leave this team. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Mark Doe says for Hornsby, a guy running a guy running a blazing speed as a quarterback doesn't move the needle that much, but a receiver that runs blazing speed gets moved up in the draft. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that 100%. I think that Hornsby, I mean, it's his life, but I, I feel like maybe there was he might have done himself a bit of a disservice by not giving wide receiver a full chance at Arkansas or somewhere else. I want to review this flash sale. We'll get to a few more questions, but one more time. Again, this ends today. It's just a one-day deal, 75% off at Hogsports, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. It ends at 11 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. It's Monday, 1-30-23. breaks down to $26.85 over the 12 months total, $26.85. Breaks down to just $2.24 a month, $2.24, $0.52 a week, $0.07 a day. No promo code or anything. Just go to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com, and sign up. You'll be good to go. We offer some really good uh, specials earlier in, in December and stuff. So if you miss that, you have FOMO, go check us out. Fear of missing out. You'll be glad you signed up. I promise you. You're going to be happy with the deal. And Josh Smith, there he is chiming in. 22 minutes ago, Trey and Danny are top-notch with their content on all things Razorbacks. Appreciate that, Josh. <laughs> Steve Colbert asked if I think Nick Smith comes back this year. I hope. I mean, we'd heard like February maybe. If they get Nick Smith back, then maybe that changes a lot of things in the eyes of the selection committee also. You know, I think you got to factor that in. Do I see a Drew Sanders type of pickup? No. Do I see a first rounder in the transfer portal that they added? I don't see a Drew Sanders, no. Not right now. I see some players I really like, particularly at wide receiver. Um, Al Walcott in the secondary. Yes, I see some players I like that they brought in. I don't see a first round draft pick, though. Any anticipated surprises for National Signing Day? Not seeing any right now, Joey. I think it's uh, how it is. Not seeing any movement with the uh, Harris Twins. Don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, they never visited. So, we're talking, what, 20 high school signees, 10 guys from the transfer portal right now with nine spots available. Appreciate everybody chiming in on the sound. No, I haven't heard any new transfer rumors, but there'll be something. There'll be something that happens in the next transfer portal window. You start going through spring football, somebody's not on the depth chart where they thought they were. Maybe one of the transfers is better than they had anticipated and going to take their spot, something like that, you know. Will we ever see Nick Smith Jr. again? I hope so. That seems to be a popular question. Tim Eskew says, hey, Mr. Betty, should I keep Cinema Smooth on or turn it off trying to get the best picture on my OLED? <laughs> you know what I would say, Tim. 
yes, you should turn off cinema smooth. You should turn off motion smoothing, um, anything about interpolation you should turn off on your TV. And the problem is with a lot of TVs, it comes in there standard. And if you're watching your TV, you're like, man, it looks like a soap opera here. What's happening is there's a problem with movies, which are filmed generally in 24 frames per second and televisions, which generally are like, you know, 60 frames per second, 120 frames per second. So in an effort to smooth that out and stop the judder, which doesn't bother me at all, I don't even notice any judder, but in an effort to stop that, they do what's called interpol, interpolation, interpolation, inter something, interpolation. And that is where they try to predict the frame in between the frame. So they add it. That's why sometimes you see some like juddering and stuff. Uh, soap operas are generally filmed with like lights all, you know, all of the same spot. It's ne- they never change the lighting because they're moving, you know, set to set. Uh, and that's kind of the effect you get. So things look smoother, but you lose detail. And a lot of people don't realize their TV's probably doing that right now. You're probably getting some smoothing over. Tom Cruise is a huge proponent for turning this off. There's a video on YouTube you can look at where he's like, it ruins the experience of the movie. So yes, turn off interpolation, interpolation. I don't know why I can't say that name. Uh, motion smoothing, motion enhancements, different things for different uh, TV brands, but you absolutely want to turn that off. I think it looks terrible. Whenever I go to somebody's house and they have it, I, I fix their TV for them. All right. Sign up for 75% off if you haven't done so already, everybody. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Danny West, we hope you get to feeling better. Got a big Wednesday, so we need you, brother. So take care of yourself. Get some rest if you need to. And uh, thanks, of course, all of our current subscribers that help keep this thing going. Hog Sports is one of the largest sites in the country in the 24-7 Sports Network. And uh, it wouldn't be possible without our subscribers. And thanks to the guys that are out there, you know, I would say probably more casual fans that read our free content, just, you know, not interested in every single thing that's going on with the roster, the future of the roster, the inner workings of the program, our insider information, people that, you know, just want information out of press conferences. We appreciate you too because we do generate ad revenue from you guys. So thanks for that. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I think Curtis will probably be back with you guys on Wednesday for a little Hog Hoops Live. He wasn't able to do it last week because he had power out all week. Hopefully that hasn't happened again with this storm. Um, so after the game on Tuesday, Wednesday, generally Curtis does hog hoops live. So that'll be up next on the docket from hogsports.com. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com and we'll catch you next time. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.